0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I'm your host, Chip Hazard. I'm your host, Talon Williams.
1: And I'm Roger Sierra. Hi, I'm <laughs> Drew. <laughs> <Did it again. laughs> a, so, so he do this thing where uh talent always wants me to say host because i'm the third host and i refuse to say i'm a host i just say my name and it bothers, bothers him so much for no reason at all he's trying, oh, he, he's, try, he's trying to
2: have a sneaky way out
1: is what he's trying to do
0: yeah <laughs>
1: but uh thank you for joining us today possibility <laughs> go ahead <laughs> thank you for joining us ladies and gentlemen um i am actually we are actually here sorry we're here with a special guest um you go by. Do you want us to say Andrew or just Drew?
3: Drew. I usually just go Drew. It's so easy.
1: <laughs> we're here with uh, Drew Young from the Warrior Workout Network. Um, you want to introduce yourself to the uh, people out there in the space place?
3: <laughs> hey, yeah. Um, so you guys got the co-host Sean on here in the past. Um, I'm, so I'm the other half of that little tandem. Uh, we're, we're from the Warrior Workout Network. We're a nonprofit dedicated to battling the suicide and obesity epidemics that negatively affect the veteran community. Um, We've really become facilitators lately. Um, uh, More so the podcast and connecting our listeners with new communities, new options, things to do, things to check out. So like rugby, we're getting really big into rugby. You guys are doing wrestling. We can't wait to talk about wrestling. We've talked with... um, you know dungeons and dragons metal fabrication like you name it filmmaking all of it you want to you want to talk about getting out of your shell get you know stop being you know the, stop isolating self isolation you know force yourself out in in these communities that you know tend to be inclusive so you can go there and not worry about being judged you know because I don't know about you guys but I judge myself a ton so getting out um mm-hmm you know, I always feel like people are judging me on things that I'm just judging myself on. Um, so we try to, we try to really, um, push the inclusiveness of these communities. That's
0: awesome. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I I like to start with a, a simple question and, uh, it's just as simple as who is Drew?
3: Drew, I'm a husband, father, um, I stay at home all day, so, uh, you know, I got two at home school, um, two dogs, two cats, a bunny, fish, you know, all of it. Um, when I have the time, I'm a, you know, I'm a retired veteran. Um,
0: Thank you for your service. And for I, your service, absolutely.
3: Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I, I was actually out in Tennessee, that's where uh, I met Sean, and that's just kind of where everything kind of clicked there. But, um, yeah, I did my time in, in the army um, it was getting out that was really the biggest fight it was really difficult because there was a lot of identity issues um, I didn't come from that stable of a background anyways so I didn't have a lot of coping skills so my my ability to adapt to places wasn't always very keen so um, the, the change to civilian life was very jarring for me and I found myself in a really bad place um, so, um, drinking, I, I, I'm six years sober. I think what you're Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks, um, yeah, six years in May, uh, from alcohol, not we, I, sm- I, I'm a medical, <laughs> medical cannabis user. I have, I don't preach sobriety in that manner. Cause I, you know, I, it, you know, I, I have to microdose, um, throughout the day. Um, and it helps me get through, especially when I'm highly anxious, but that's that's true. I'm anxious. I'm a dad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, uh, trying to fight that negative voice in my head and get it out of there and replace it with a positive one.
0: I think we can all relate to that in Absolutely. some way or another. Uh, yeah. We're all dads. I have uh, a three-year-old and a four-year-old little boy, and uh, you know, I'm always, always wondering, am, am I doing what's right by them? You know, there's that voice in the back of the head. Am I a good dad? um you know when i when i have to punish them you know are they going to hate me for that or are they going to respect the fact that you know i'm teaching them those values of what's right and what's wrong and stuff like that
3: i go through that a lot dude and i found that it's all in the delivery um i grew up with a really heavy-handed stepfather was very like a browbeater, so it was very forceful like hand in your face just do this do this do this cut the crap and while i can find myself doing that i have to fight myself and be like okay let's talk it out why'd you mess up what were you thinking what's you know what can we do different next time and, and i i think that they respond way better to that 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 respectful like talk back and forth rather than the like coming down hard every time um, it seems like they open up more and they get a lot more honest and they, they, they use the honest voice rather than like hiding it with that nervous baby voice i yep. found. Um, so that's, that, that's, your children are the barometer, dude. Like you have to, that's how you're guiding yeah. everything. It's crazy
2: because like I have a, I have a seven-year-old son and he's wild, mm. rambunctious, wants to go everywhere, wants to do everything. And then on the opposite side of the spectrum, I have a, an 11-month-old year girl. So that's com- I'm on the complete opposite ends of it. So it's like, I yeah, treat buddy. the baby the same way I treat the seven-year-old. But then again, I don't want to treat the seven-year-old the same way I treat the baby. So there's always a conflict. Not to mention it's a boy and it's a girl. So, um, <laughs> you know, right then and there. And I think a lot of people ask me one time is like, I think someone's like, is it different being the father of a little girl as opposed to being the father of a son? It's It's the same, but it's different because in one hand, it's like, okay, like, it's gonna sound weird the way I'm saying it. When my son was born, for about a week or two after my son was born, I always had this fear that I wasn't gonna be able to to be around for him, and I would have dreams that I would that I was gonna die. Like it would I would I was always I would always end up dead in my dreams, you know. And I looked it up, and it said that normally when you have a dream that you die.
1: Oh oh no.
0: Oh no, oh no.
1: So
3: important.
0: So (laughs) very, very important.
3: Oh, it's right at the right at the
1: helm, right at it. I don't even think he knows. He doesn't. He doesn't even know. See, this is what this is his Chromebook. That's why we don't did it it completely mute me. me? Yeah. We hear you now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Man. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to listen and keep my answer short and sweet. So.
3: Right at the important, right it at the crescendo. right at it, dude. yes. Yeah.
2: Right
3: there. You got to finish. No, we got to finish. Yes. I have to know. When, when
1: did it cut? When, when did you what was the last thing you guys heard? Um, that you, when you looked up the
2: dreams. When I looked up the yeah. dream, it, see, it, it was that anytime you have a dream about dying, it's because a part of your life is now dead and the part that was dead was me no longer being a you know a you know person who doesn't have kids like I have I have a son now so now I'm a father so the part of me was down was the part that wasn't a father now I have a daughter the dreams that I'm having when she first born was someone was always trying to take her away from me so now with my son I have to raise him to be you know to be a man with my daughter I have to teach her how a man is supposed to treat her, you know, and that is a weird dynamic in in that sense because, like, you know, I worry, am I showing one more love than the other? And that, it, it, which I got anxiety anyways. And that's what, that's what kind of like, okay. That should a, let
3: you know you're, yeah. that you're a dad, that you care enough to have the anxiety to be like, oh, my, am I doing it? Right. <laughs> right. right? Exactly. exactly. It's,
2: it's crazy. It, it's really, it really is you know,
3: you're adjusting. You- like whenever you find yourself slipping, you, 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 fix it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Then It, it get scary sometimes. Too hard on yourself. You know? Yeah, of course. Oh my God. I've got an, I've got an eight-year-old daughter, a six-year-old or a five-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. Um, the ra- I'll tell you raising two daughters and a son night and day. My, my daughter's while they had those destructive elements and those curious elements, it doesn't touch what my son is curious and what he wants to fuck up. Like, it's amazing. And I, and I don't say that in any bad way because I, it's where you walk that fine line of, of fostering the curiosity and nurturing their curiosity, but still making them understand that you can't stick that in the light socket. And it, it just for him it's way it's every day for them bro i'm gonna tell you when you when you see your daughter get older and and progress through those stages you'll see okay it it is the the differences are somewhat noticeable oh yeah it's awesome dude it's an incredible journey man and each each relationship is its own you know that's your little girl you know and you just that's awesome Right. I mean,
1: I have a, I have a twelve-year-old daughter, a seven-year-old daughter, a six-year-old son, and a one-year-old baby daughter. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. so big dynamics everywhere. What? He's already a year old already. Yeah, um, yeah. a month to go today. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know she's climbing and dropping, kick, drop kicking everybody and head butting people. That's her favorite thing to do. My well. daughter
2: just like my, my daughter just likes to take her
1: toy and just swing it and hit you in the face with it. She used to do that, but now she's discovered that her head hurts a lot more, so she just headbutts people. <laughs> I don't even know where she gained that knowledge from. Like she just goes straight full force. Well,
2: you do what? Well, you do watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, so you probably she probably watched Shibata do it a couple of times. I don't doubt that.
3: I don't <laughs> where doubt, do doubt that at at all? the stove. Keep coming from just right. Like, um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's so so drew you uh you mentioned that you uh are, are a veteran you were in the army what was your uh what was your job title
3: miss scout um yep so yep as a um i started off as a scout in 2004 uh Rook and i we went to iraq in 2005 um you know and, and through 2005 to 2009 and then 2000 i think 2008 or something yeah i went to afghanistan but through there it was just a lot of like training deploy go to schools you know train go to school you know if you were you know maybe you get some family time and then deploy and then after that it was oh hey you know you look tired Instead of dodging these bullets, why don't you go into recruiting and dodge some career bullets? And it's like, okay, so let's stick you behind a desk, um, three years behind a desk and recruiting. And I was one of those, I was a shitty, recruiter. I was a terrible recruiter <laughs> because I was like, no, I'm not going to have someone go in the army and be like that misleading son of a bitch. Right. Fuck him and everything. He, so I, I took a lot of, well, first of all, I'm, I'm fucking lazy. That's part, that's part, that's a big part of it. <laughs> all right, so make no mistake, that played a, that was a factor. I, I didn't want to do any of the. I was like, this paperwork sucks, it's not for no fucking way, like, no, and then two, I'm not going to lie to these kids, I'm not going to sit there and tell them this is amazing, this is all that, um, you, you know, when it's, here's the truth about it, yeah, you could earn up to this, but you're not going to. When we talk about you making that $215,000, we're talking about that accumulatively. That's your health benefits. That's your education benefits. That's you you know, paying into your, you, you get a clothing allowance. You get, that's everything accumulatively. You get this, sold this package. And it's like, it's nice. And they make good on it. And they hold you to your end. You you mess up. They're going to take theirs. But, um, it, but I, I had a hard time selling it because I couldn't, I couldn't get behind it. I was like, no, because the way you guys are pushing it is unethical. You're not doing, you're misleading. And I, I hate that. I don't want to be a liar. I don't want to be a liar. And it just, so I struggled really hard there. Um, I lost a lot of discipline when I got there too. Like I, I was fine. I, I got along with everyone just fine, but I like settling down, coming back from deployments, not training anymore not working out and not dieting properly it, it all of it came to a head i was drinking a lot um and then this is when like you know issues start coming up to surface like okay things you hadn't dealt with mentally that you hadn't recovered from that you thought that, that you had um yeah you, you know i, I uh There's a, there's a point, especially when you're deployed. Um, and it's not often talked about, but when you're dealing with mass amounts of sleep deprivation and then you're constantly working, constantly, and it's not always, like it's not what you think. It's not like it's like, oh, just like bullets, 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 war, war, war. It's literally like three weeks of nothing and then just, and then nothing again. and then. But you throw a lot of lack of sleep on there, stress. And it just turns you into a ticking time bomb. Um, you go, you sit behind a desk and you lose any form of good habits, like working out, eating right. And then a lack of personal habits, being able to deal with um, the, the past traumas, any coping mechanisms from childhood, undealt with childhood traumas, you are a, you, you become a massive, just explosive ball toward everybody.
0: Right, um, right
3: and eventually i it all came to a head and um i had to go to my commander i was like dude this isn't working i'm about to explode uh i went to go talk to a doctor they're like no you you don't you need to go to a transition unit and you need to take a break um i did and that's when they started you know they're they're like okay dude you need to probably consider getting out like it's it's too much um like it just you've got things elsewhere um so in that period I, I kind of I, I started partying a lot, cheated on my wife. Fuck I'm drinking, addicted to alcohol. Um I have this high pressure job because I'm getting out of the army and now I'm going to work for NASA. And the 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 transition there is insane because it's like go do this all this work for the government and then it's like go learn this brand new skill and don't just learn it but learn it to a point where you have to get hired doing it afterwards you've got to make a living for your family because you go in as an intern and then maybe if you're lucky you get hired um dude, so between that and then there's this period when you go through being um medically retired or medically processed out of the army where you become incredibly coddled Everyone tending to your needs. And then you, you're just like, you get an ego about it. All of a sudden, your trauma becomes a thing. And people are like, oh, let them be. And you, and, and, and you kind of feed into it. And if you don't catch it, you can become a fucking tyrant for people around you.
0: I, I can relate, that to, relate to that to, to a point. Um, so when I was 17 years old, I, uh, I enlisted uh, in the Marines. Um, went Seems to like basic. You, um, well, I'll, I'll explain. I, I spent zero time. Uh, I never deployed or anything. I got a medical discharge right, um, right after I graduated basic. Um, so uh, I was 17 years old, signed up for the military, uh, went to Paris Island, uh, literally hell on earth. Uh, like you, if you've ever heard a story about training on Paris Island, it's sure. true. It, yeah, every, every bit of it is true. Um, so uh, right after basic, we were just on a, a basic hike uh, and everything, and I passed out. And um, they sent me to the doc, and they diagnosed me with something called uh, exercise-induced asthma.
3: Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and so they they gave me a medical, kicked me out, and this was in August of 01. So right before September eleventh happened. And um, so oh, when they whoa. Yeah, yeah. Oh man.
3: Um, oh, you just have to say you're So you're thirty six.
0: Yeah, I'm thirty-seven. Or I'll be thirty eight this year.
3: Oh shit. Yeah, we're the same age, dude. Yeah. That was, yeah, all right.
0: Nice. Um so uh in in the process of being discharged, you go to uh what's known as recruit separation platoon, R S P hmm. uh and you know you're like you said, you're, you're completely coddled. They give you kind of a job where, you know, it's supposed to reacquaint you to the real world. Yeah. Um, but it was like, I, I fell into that laziness. I just slept like, you know, I would hide in a corner somewhere and sleep for hours and hours because I didn't want to be there um, because mentally when I got the medical discharge, I was like, oh, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not good enough for this and everything, you know? So I went through, I don't, I guess it was a form of depression. Oh, no, that's
3: depression. Everything you're talking about. I was going to, I was going to call it out before you, uh, right. When you said sitting in the corner, going to sleep, I was like, oh, you were, you were severely depressed. Yeah. um, (laughs) Severely dude. Uh, do you look at that time at all as a period as a period of pride? First of all, uh,
0: I, I was I was proud of myself mm-hmm. for making it through basic, but then I was extremely disappointed in myself for being discharged uh, because it wasn't on my own, you know, on my own accord. It wasn't something that I chose to do; it was something that somebody chose for me.
3: Of course,
0: um, you know then. Uh, When September 11th happened, I tried to reenlist. I tried to reenlist in the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Coast Guard, everything. Nobody would take me. So then it was, you know, damn, I'm really not good enough to do this. Um, And then from there, I uh, started training to be a pro wrestler. And, you know, that's been 18, 19 years ago. Well, how are you controlling
3: know. the asthma now? Are you do you have an inhaler, nebulizer? <laughs> no, I, I
0: the thing is, is it's never flared up again, ever. Mm. Like they sent me home with an inhaler, mm. um, I used it for like two weeks and felt fine, and uh, went to a local doctor and they tested me and they're like, "There's nothing wrong with you. You don't have to use this anymore if you don't want to." And I've never used it again. Nice. So I, I don't know if it was just like a fluke thing. Or God was like, hey, you don't need to be here. Like, I, I cope with it now. It's just like, you know, hey, oh, I wasn't. Say it. Go ahead. You know, I, I, mentally, I'm like, you know, hey, I, I just wasn't meant to, to be there. You know, there was, you know, extenuating factors that I, I was meant to do something else.
3: Good. I'm so. glad you saw it that way. That's how you need to do I was going to say, as an adult, I hope you forgave that child because, You were absolutely out of control. Like you had no control over when they're like, Hey, you're out, you're out. Like you have no, you, you, and you were 17, you're 17 years old. Right. Willing to go through hell at 17 years old. I didn't have the strength to do something like that. I had to wait till I was, I I don't, I think I was 19 when I joined. Right. You know, and then I, even to go to the Marines, I never would have joined them. Right. I've heard what they do. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Like that's Uh, crazy. So you did that at 17. I hope you carry that as a point of pride for all your life man oh I, I
0: definitely do now yeah. you know but in in that period of time oh, of course, it was yeah. just you know i i was I, I guess severely depressed like and i've never dealt with you know mental health issues since then like talent will tell you i'm the easiest going dude like i i he he likes to to say that you know i have this innate ability to just say fuck it And Mm -hmm. like I do, I control the stuff that I, or I worry about the stuff that I control and anything that I don't have any control over. I'm just like, "Eh, it is what it is. You know, we'll see where it goes.
3: That's Uh, such a gift. (laughs) I'm I'm,
0: I'm the one, I'm the one that's on Wilbutrin.
3: So
2: that tells you anything. So, you know, it's helping me. So
3: I'm good. If it's working, it's, that's the thing. Like if it works, it works. You know, it's not. Uh, well, I don't well, I, and I don't. Wellbutrin is not an SSRI, right? So it's like, uh,
2: it's it it's 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 for anxiety, but it's not like Adderall or Ritalin or any of that other stuff. Um, yeah, but
3: it's not a receptor inhibitor, so like your your functional your functionality, like yeah, yeah it's I mean, beautiful that something like Butrin can work, especially. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I, I think that, that can work and it works. It, it you know, that it's working, dude. That's, that's a, that's amazing. I had some, when I, I, when I hit my down period, I can't remember what, um, what medicine they had me on. I was on effects or in 2013 or something. I went off of it cold Turkey and I went to go talk to my wife and I couldn't form words. Like I couldn't put shapes, like, like no shapes made sense no, I was just like, all right, dude, I'm going to go kill. I'm like, I'm going to go kill myself now. Like it was terrible. And then, but I, I, I was like, that's my last SSRI. Um, I went on to something similar to Wellbutrin and I was like, okay, I'm feeling it. This works. This is awesome. It's amazing. And all of a sudden I could perform in bed, but I couldn't finish, which by the way, now I super empathize with women when they're like, no, no, fuck. I, I don't want to, I'm not getting mine. It's not fun for me. Like, i'm like yeah i get that i get why it's not fun there's no fucking payoff sometimes so um that's what i like to use during my comedy set anyways because the chicks are like (laughs) i'm like nah but i get it now every time so you know right Right.
2: (laughs) now it's helped me out tremendously um when they put me on it they put me on it back in 2017 and i'm sorry yeah 2017 um and then i was on it for a about a year and then like i just ran out of medicine didn't have any more refills and i was like maybe i don't need it anymore Like I'm, I'm good now i don't need it anymore and then i noticed a lot of you know my friends and my especially my family they were like yo are you okay because i would be worried about just
1: it went um, out again it went out again <laughs>
3: Remember when I said I couldn't finish? This is how
0: it felt every time. Are you back? He stopped talking. He's upset.
1: <laughs> it's not we'll your fault. In a minute, <laughs> it's all good. It's not you, man. It is not you. I, yeah,
2: I, 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 I hate this computer. There it is. I hate, it. <laughs> I hate the computer.
3: Talk nice to it, man. Okay, let's caress re- it let me, and love on let, it. Let, no, you're on the let, same.
2: Let, let me let me rewind. 2017. Yeah. Yeah. was when I was on Wellbutrin. Yep. Got that. Um, And then I got off of it thinking, I'm good. I don't need it anymore. I'm fine. And then my friends and family were like, hey, you, you know, because I was I was always paranoid and everything like that. And, of course, me having ADHD didn't really change, help any help matters at all. You know, I've had ADHD. I was diagnosed with it when I was, I think, eight, something like that. Well, and I um, think I got, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I just, I mean, I was on Ritalin for the longest time, but I hated it because it made me feel like I'm a, I'm a, I am was a zombie, you know. So I just never took Ritalin anymore, you know. And then I got a little bit older thinking, okay, it's, I can grow out of it. It's no longer, you know, it, it's not going to be anything. I still deal with my ADHD to this day, and there's two different types. There's like, there's functioning ADHD, and then there's non-functioning ADHD. I'm, I just happen to be fortunate enough to be on the functioning side of it. But it's something that affects 20, it affects 24% of Americans. And uh, of the 24%, like 85% of them are, are males, you know. And then as you go into it, the adulthood, it only affects like 2% of adults. And of that 2%, 75% are males, you know. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I, I'm getting the, the short end of the stick on this whole thing, you know.
3: Well, I, um, I'm with you. How do you yeah. deal with it? Like naturally, because you can, you can, you, you can, it's manageable.
2: It's very manageable, I think. Well, really, what it is is, it's like I don't know if it's the left side of my brain works, to the right side of my brain, or whatever diet, whatever scientific bullshit study you want to read to try to figure it out. But how I deal with it is, I just try to keep myself busy. You know, um, there were times when I just couldn't sleep. You know, I would I, I would have insomnia, and in some states, some sometimes I still have that insomnia. They'll be like, okay, I'm gonna go lay down and go to bed. I, I get in bed at like 9:30, 10 o'clock, and then next thing you know, it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm back up again watching TV or something because I just couldn't fall asleep you know then there'll be some nights where it's like I'm probably gonna stay up to about 11 then I'm knocked out before 830 you know sometimes it happens like that but that's when I'm not on my medication but also with the Wellbutrin now that I'm what I'm taking now is that it's helped me you know it's helped me be more calm more you know and it's helped me to it, it kind of blocks out the stuff where it's like, if you hear something normal time, normally when you hear something, it normally triggers something, you know, to make you, make you think something or like that. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. it, it well, Buterin is basically helping me to say, fuck it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and on top of the ADHD, like just keeping myself busy. And I think that this podcast, you know, because especially during the pandemic, you know, cause before the pandemic we were wrestling and that took the majority of me, that took the majority of what, because that was like my wrestling was my therapy. You know, when I was able to go into the ring on Saturday nights and just get in front of a bunch of people and just wrestle and be the the superhero babyface or the asshole heel, you know, whatever. You like that get was get to therapy. tell
3: that story through wrestling.
2: Yeah, exactly. Okay. And but since the pandemic, a lot of things kind of wear down. And over the course of the summer, like I did go into a state of depression when. Oh, I yeah. wasn't eating right anymore. I wasn't taking care of my body. I wasn't on my medication. Like I ballooned up to like 245 pounds. Like I was, a, you know, got laid off at my job. So I'm like, fuck. what am I going to do? You know, thinking there ain't no hopes. So I got, you know, luckily, you know, God's plan happened and I was able to get a job, you know, like the very next week after I got awesome. let go, um, you know, I you know, got to a, uh, my buddy, Sean Thompson reached out to me and said, Hey man, if you're serious about losing weight, I can help you. I'm a certified trainer. And then that's when we had an arrangement to, you know, we show him love on the podcast. He shows us love. He helps me, he helps us out. And, um, you know, be, and I started retaking my medicine again, you know, so, you know, and I don't have a, you know, I don't have a war story like you or chip or, you know, like I don't have those type of stories, but I can only go about my personal life experiences Cause I wasn't
3: universal, dude. We can never compare, right. You can never compare struggles, dude.
2: Yeah. I just, you know, it's just, you know, you guys are talking about like, you know, going to war and, you know, chip going through basic training and I'm over here. Like I I was bullied in school. Like, (laughs) you know, see,
3: that's the thing though. Like, but you, you, I just realized this week that, that, that my trauma through combat was only a little piece of my life. I was also bullied in school uh the first time i ever had a uh, my life th- my gun pulled on me and my life threatened on me i was living in a project. i was four years old living in a projects in washington first time i ever had a knife pulled on me i was eight years old s- or seven or eight years old in a locker room and in, in the gym at, at school like it just it fu- like you know what i'm saying like you live your trauma bro and that's your life like in, in our, my trauma and your trauma like it's all universal like his I, his was depressed like you saw the depressed you heard his story you're like bam depression fuck i've been there like it doesn't matter what i've been through where you were at right there i've been there dude and right. so like let's get through this because you dude i've been there we can get out of it i get there too sometimes again still and then i get guys like you they're like hey fuck let's get up and get the hell out of here like it's it's what it's <laughs> all about man it's it's fucking it's it's a fuck never compares to fuck comparing struggles everybody struggles life yeah. sucks this pandemic sucks
1: yeah <laughs> yes up.
3: It's kicked my ass harder than any deployment mentally because I've had to navigate being a father through. Think about this. This is a trauma. This is like, you're going to, every time somebody says 2020 in the next 10 years, you're going to be like, go fuck yourself. Don't ever say that to me again. And and that's going to be, it's going to be something you've got through.
2: Right. You know, what's so crazy is that the year 2020, I think everybody's going to have their stories about 2020. I used to tell this bit uh, when I did stand up about how, um, I'm waiting for my son to come to me when he's older and he'll say, hey, daddy, um, we got to do a essay or tell a short story about a certain year over the past 20 years. Okay, well, what year did you pick? Well, I was given the year 2016. Sit down, son. Take three shots of Jaeger. Okay, it started with this fucking gorilla.
3: Okay. Fucking <laughs> <You know. laughs> So then all of a sudden we're all, we're storming Area Fifty One. <laughs> right. You fucking know Jeffrey Epstein is hanging by himself in a fucking cell.
0: Yep. I don't think he's. You
2: know what? Never mind. Uh, <laughs> Listen, neither
3: do I. Neither do I. still <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm with you, man. I'm
1: with you. Oh, we could definitely do a conspiracy episode. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's,
2: that's something, but yeah, and now, now it's going to be like 2020, and it's like oh god, I don't even want to relive, because you know how it started, started tiger when Kobe King. died oh yeah, oh no, 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 it started with, no, Kobe died, and then um,
1: the world went to hell yeah, Kobe died, no. world went to hell T- Kobe that died bitch Carol I, up to a tiger, fuck, I was it, all that shit god, Tiger Carol King was right after ass, that man. but yeah, I mean for me the beginning of the year Was not. I mean, it was great, but bad because I mean, I was born, but then we found out about our heart issues, so we were in the hospital every day for January and February, pretty much. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I guess. I mean, yeah. I mean, the only silver lining to 2020 was my daughter was born. You know, and and even and even then, we had to come back here to the house, and we lived on the upstairs floor before moving to the downstairs floor because the downstairs neighbor was a piece of shit psycho um, (laughs) who just hated. Quit stopping on the J-Day floor, you son of a bitch. Like, who the fuck is you talking to? Oh, hold on. <laughs> you know, so it became something. Um,
3: Let me get my clogs, bitch. Oh, God. Guess right. what, Iris Stepdance. <laughs> no, nah, nah, wow. he, nah,
2: he's, oh, nah, he's in jail now, so fuck him. Um, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> no, nah, for real, because the weekend, because my, my wife's grandfather passed away. So we said, all right, well, we're going to go spend a week with, you know, her father, you know, because – I was technically furloughed from work. She didn't have a job, and we had two kids, so let's just go, move, go on there. We'll spend a week with him because it was his father that passed away, so he was real, real close to his daddy, real close to his daddy. Um, so we decided to stay down there a week. The week we were gone down south to her father's house, the dude that used to live in this uh, apartment was arrested for two counts rape, two counts sodomy, and two counts of false imprisonment. In this apartment.
3: In where whoa so and
2: you're living there now?
3: Wow. Hey. So like no no kidnapping charges.
2: Um I I don't know. I just know he's in jail. <laughs> he ain't never <laughs> getting out coming back to this motherfucker. I don't give a shit how much shit he left I hope
3: here. He's got a noisy upstairs cellmate. Like I hope there's someone up there and he just quiet, <laughs> motherfucker and he just gets that broom handle. <laughs> right no
0: doubt no doubt thinking their broom handle I was uh, watching
3: that
2: and I'm
0: just kidding. uh
2: do
3: you guys uh anybody here go on TikTok right here ever? i love that, tiktok no Dude, that guy right there that guy right there no. prison tiktok i like the, you get all these dudes that come out of jail and they get verified for shit and then they like they go on and they tell you what it's like in yes. prison for real and they're like, Yeah, dude, that's all bullshit. This is all bullshit. But they're like, if you're a rapist, you they know everybody knows. The guards will tell everyone, you you're fucking marked. Yeah. Done. Like, and it's like, yeah, dude, that's how the that's how the justice that's how the, the justice system yeah. works with that, right? Yeah, pedophiles there.
2: don't too good don't do too well in prison. No. Um, um, that was one yeah. i think it was an episode of law and order svu and i, I assume that you know it, it's a real life situation because it's, all of them are based on true stories um
3: Dude, you're not
2: really you know they walk in is like different. hey the uh the uh the inmate that he that he uh killed in central book and he had friends he was just stabbed to death in the yard of rikers he was only there like 20 minutes oh so that's how they do it. okay <laughs> couldn't happen to a nicer no. guy you know
0: uh i was in no no go ahead i I was gonna double back to another question but finish your
3: oh i was gonna say when i was a kid when i was 17 i was in this criminal justice program at my high school and we were like oh they're like hey we're gonna go visit this prison and i'm like oh that looks really cool man that sounds like an awesome thing you know in case you want to be like a corrections officer or something and we're getting led through and then all of a sudden it gets on lockdown because there's pencils and stuff missing and we get walked into this classroom full of inmates. And I'm the only dumb shit that walks into a classroom full of inmates at 17 years old in regular clothes and they're like, "Dude, you don't know how many dudes watched your ass when you <laughs> walked like, out of fucking goddamn. Oh lord <laughs>
2: Jesus man. Mm-hmm. So, so, so uh, where, were you? Point. Hold a minute. So, scared. were you flattered or were you scared?
0: <laughs> scared, dude. Are you kidding me?
3: i was like i went and Just hit it it. i'm like man i don't want to be here like i don't want to learn anything <laughs> about this i don't ever want to go to jail i don't want to work in a jail like fuck this. <laughs> no way it's it's the belly of the beast like like i'm a nice guy i don't have like I, that's why i that's why i struggle being a dad because i like sometimes i like the disciplinary and stuff i'm like no that's fucking that's funny that's hilarious why would i discipline this? and then i'm like oh wait i have to discipline that right like I'd be a terrible correct I'd be a terrible police officer I'd be like a, a ter- like oh dude fuck that like no like, go do give that to responsible people right <laughs>
0: yeah. um i mean so so earlier Drew you mentioned that when you uh when you left the the army you joined NASA I wanna talk a little bit about NASA or uh, i guess there was probably some uh some uh things that you signed you can't talk too much about it right no? No? Good, good. All right. So, hey, fake um, the moon landing. Moon landing. Fake or real? Come on.
3: Real. Very real. The, okay. The, the first
0: real. one was fake, though, right? Come on. Neil Armstrong said that shit was fake. No. He didn't. Yes, he did. You
3: work in media. You work in media. Come on. How can you believe that? Because. No, uh, it's absolutely real. I'll tell you the first time. The, the, the first day I got there as a... Before I became an intern, I was, I, I was introduced to these two guys, Steve and Steve. Steve one worked at NASA since the night, since the day one. Oh, wow. In this basement building a reactor. Most of it was built out of car parts. And then Steve two started working there in the 70s or 80s. Steve one, first of all, all he talked about was aliens and this goddamn and this reactor that he built in this basement, which, by the way, we were in. I was there. I looked at the thing. I was like, "You built this thing?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm the only one that can control this." I'm like, "Steve, you scare me. I'm not working here." <laughs> I mean, out, the, the, I mean, this—it's an—it's an incredible place. Like, you—you you don't realize, like, you—you've got—you know, the fisheye lens. Yes. Yeah. You know the, fish eye yes. the, you know, the, the like the fisheye view. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that was invented by Daryl Younger. Daryl Younger. He invented that in the flight lab in the flight because he couldn't look at microscopic parts. He didn't want to have to turn them and break them, so he got a fisheye lens so he could see around them without ever having to touch them. That was invented at NASA by he was one of my mentors. Nice, like and like these are the these are the kind they have these liquid nitrogen tanks in the in the office, you know, and you have to store it at negative three hundred and twenty degrees Fahrenheit, which, which. insane amounts of pressure buildup. So if you don't have a release valve these things will explode. So you get used to the idea of working on these microchips and a fish island and all of a sudden just this screaming valve releasing just break and you're just like man, whatever. Like it just it's a weird life to get used to it's
1: crazy. Yeah. That's pretty cool uh, actually. All
0: right Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, well, fucking told that story but- aliens <laughs> yes no i, I Ali- mean i yeah. didn't know yes. this shit he said yeah. yes already yeah no he's, he's least, i said the moon landing first no. oh yeah i he, said
3: aliens too I said yeah he said aliens yes okay,
0: okay
1: so I've are, are they
3: myself oh, well i mean first of all never at work but like in my own... <laughs> <laughs> but in my own experiences twice have i stepped outside um both times to smoke a blunt, which is weird. But, you know, it's just, it's I weird think that might is. have
2: something to do with it. <laughs>
3: but the, the, uh, it's just like you see it; it's there, and then you're like, you make, you're like, oh shit, that's what I think it is, and then no noise, no, it zips away, and it's gone, and you're like, Have you that.
2: ever? What's have that? you ever dabbled in DMT?
3: Never. No.
2: Would you dabble in DMT?
3: <laughs> um. Maybe after all my kids are grown, I t- anything I do I, I, after my kids are grown up, all maybe right. that's when I'll expand again. But for now, I'm right. just.
2: That's a dimethyl trip to me for anybody wondering what DMT is.
3: Yes. Are you oh, di- the
2: God particle, if you will.
3: <laughs> yeah, I've oh, I've heard. Oh, no, I um I just watched this thing on Mike Tyson's first trip on DMT, and he, he was just talking about like how how incredible it was, how his third eye opened right up and everything, and yep. like well, that seems very interesting. Yeah. Oh, I had I had a buddy. I'm I'm ready for something like that. I had a mean. buddy of mine. heard open up and fucking looking at my kids like. Mm. <laughs>
2: it's yeah. I had a buddy of mine actually try it once. Um, and he's he's you know he's he he was uh. He he's agnostic, so I was like, okay, so what? So what is he gonna you know see? Whatever you know when he does. He um he did it. He went on about a 20 minute trip. I wasn't there with him. He, he t- he's telling me the story. And he told me after he got out of the trip, he just looked at me and he goes, dude, if every single person in the world did DMT, atheism would not exist anymore because everyone would know that there's something else out there other than humans on on this world. And I was like, huh, that's that's an interesting concept, you know, because you open your third eye, you, you know, the pineal gland, which is basically triggers, you know, releases all these different chemicals into the body. You know, and dimethyltryptamine, you know, it's produced in plants, it's produced in our lungs, it's produced in our liver. Um, and I think me and Chip actually had a conversation about it on one of the episodes of The Hauntings of a long time ago. Um, would I try it? I would be hesitant because I would be worried, I'm like, okay, what would I see? And because, you know, you don't want a bad trip because if you have a bad trip and maybe you're going to hell, I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> there might be something to look into. Um but we did bring that up a minute ago um, about the hauntings of when we did. So um, are you a, are you a believer in the paranormal as well?
3: I love the pair. OK, here we go. I forgot about this part and blame it on the weed. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, I am I'm obsessed with it. Like it, it, not not currently, um, but I've read I've I've, I've, but I've read the books. Um, especially when they talk about the um, uh, like the me- like frequency measuring frequencies, you know, like it's just like, Okay, it's cool to see like an energy shift. Like, okay, where does this energy come from? Are you near water? Can you debunk this? I love the ability to, to either debunk or not. That drive fucking drives me nuts,
2: right? Have you have you actually ever uh, because I know you I know you, Sean had talked to you recently about uh a movement radio episode has he talked to you about any of our hauntings of episodes and have you listened to any of them yet
3: no um guys send me send me the haunting i want to hear them i want to hear all of them I, i'm, I'm in the process
0: about, about no. of <laughs> I, i'm in the process of making a spotify playlist that'll have all of our um hauntings of episodes when i get that finished i'll send it to you and what you are we listen up to them all what state are you um, up to
1: now New Hampshire. We did, so we did yeah.
0: all the states. We're doing all the states alphabetically talking about the uh, most haunted places in the states. Um, yes. Uh, so it, it's it's a very surreal dynamic because Talon is a believer and I am a non-believer when it comes to paranormal. Um, and the reason that is, is a, a lot of people have, you know, an experience with uh, some kind of paranormal activity. I never have. Um, everybody told me that when my mother passed away, uh, five years ago, that that's when I would have those. And I just, I never have. So, you know, we go into these episodes and, you know, I find them interesting, but I, Talon will tell you, I tend to try to debunk every bit of everything. Yeah
3: yeah yeah man pessimism actually pessimism will act, i think there's okay this is weird I, this is where i get weird with paranormal stuff because when i don't think about it it's never a part of my life i never see a damn thing but when i'm focused on it when i'm focused on it that's when the things happen okay. so like like uh talon i, I have you had paranormal? You've you've had paranormal experiences.
2: I believe I had a conversation with a fucking ghost. Man, I believe I've, I did.
1: I've actually That's... had. I have consistently. I have consistent paranormal. Let stuff.
2: me. Let me. Let me. Let me.
0: Let me go ahead and share my. I've never shared my paranormal story. Yeah, yeah. On yeah. I've not heard it. I haven't either. I've known um, you all for twenty
2: years. <laughs> all right. So, well, so I was working. I was working at the Tennessee Aquarium downtown Chattanooga.
3: Chattanooga oh, and I love that place.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, where we, it's where I live, basically. Well, I live in Rossville. You might as well say Chattanooga because I'm just over the state line. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, where the aquarium sits, if you go behind the aquarium, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a little uh, smoking area where, you know, because back then I used to smoke. So I'm sitting there smoking and this big black dude came around the corner where an army fatigues. He sat down next to me and he was like, hey man, how you doing? I'm like, hey man, how's it going? He goes, you got an extra cigarette on you? I'm like, yeah sure so i gave the guy a cigarette i didn't like hand it to him i like put it down next to him and he picked it up right i asked him you know what his name was he said his name was reggie he was just coming you know he, he was just coming home you know to see some family i'm like all right cool no problem we, we we talked for maybe a few more seconds and all of a sudden he says i didn't hear jack shit. but he said hey i gotta go man thank you for the cigarette i'm like hey man no problem turn the corner now, it was about 2.45. It was time for me to go back to work. So I got up and turned the corner, and he's gone. Like, I don't see no hide, no hair of this guy anywhere. I'm thinking to myself, like, huh, he must have ran pretty quick. Okay, cool. Like, I didn't pay no, pay no, pay no never mind about it. A couple of weeks later, uh, we had some newspapers that, for whatever reason, we just accumulate newspapers over and over and over, right? So we were taking these newspapers. We were throwing them. Well, I grabbed one of them and the twine broke on the uh, newspaper and newspapers just went the fuck everywhere. I'm like, typical that one. So I go to pick some stuff up and I picked up one paper and I was looking and I actually picked it up on the obituaries. And I'm looking and I see this guy's face. Reginald Germain Elgin. And I was like, "Huh?" And my buddy uh my buddy Robert looked at me like, "What's going on, man?" I'm like, "Dude, this is freaky, dude, because I just had a conversation with this guy like two weeks ago. He goes, Talon, there's no way in hell you had a conversation with this guy two weeks ago. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, dude, that, that paper is from May. We're in December. Oh, fuck you. And I threw the shit in the garbage, and I like started walking. I was like, oh, hell no. Immediately, I was like, I had a conversation with a ghost. There's no other way to explain it, you know? It, it was just freaky because he said his name was Reggie. Didn't even think anything about it. You know, I think Reginald, like it looked just like him too. And I was like, and I've gone, I've tried to find this, you know, research, try to find this dude and everything like nothing. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? Like that's my, that's when I was convinced right there. There's ghosts among us, you know, if not ghosts, angels and demons disguising themselves, you know, cause I believe my son had a paranormal experience and he didn't know about it give you another example my son's three years old and he's in his room this was back when we were living with my parents
1: oh no oh no (laughs) you cut off again (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is all intent
0: yes this episode is going to be great (laughs) drew's all intent like yes 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 oh i can't hear shit i want
3: to know man i want to know what the hell is going on with this kid and the ghost
0: <laughs>
2: okay there we my go son. nice.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. my <laughs>
2: son's three years old my son's three years old he's in his room laughing his ass off so i go in the room i figure out okay what's he laughing at? Oh, he must be laughing at something on the tv i walk in the room his tv's off i'm thinking okay caroline what the fuck are you laughing at you know i look at him i'm like malachi what are you laughing at he looked he points to a rocking chair, and he says, Jack. And I look at the rocking chair. Rocking chair ain't moving. The rocking chair is empty. There's nothing in the rocking chair. And he starts busting out laughing again. The rocking chair that's in his room was given to us, me and my wife, by her uncle Jack, who had passed away when Malachi was two years old. Literally a year before, you know. And I was like, dude. Get your ass up. You're sleeping in the bed. Come on. <laughs> you like, we're getting out of the fuck out of this room, you know? But I believe, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily, it's, it's, it's ghost. It's more angels and demons, you know? And I believe that both angels and demons can present themselves in a way that we would either view it as ghosts, you know, especially with certain things. Like, I mean, I went on a ghost hunt in uh, Rasaka many, many moons ago where, he would be taking pictures and shit. And one picture that I took just by the way, and I don't know if it was the glare or the orbs or it's a dust particle. According to taps, everything's a damn dust particle. Um, oh, it's not the taps. <laughs> yeah, right. But I mean, just some of the pictures that you would take, most of them, they look sinister as hell, you know, but that's just, I don't know if it's because of the way that it's just formed or the way the light was hitting it or whatever, but you'd see some really weird shit. You know, but that was my experience, you know. Now, if Chip ever had an experience like that, then obviously he won't. He's a non-believer, so he won't believe. And when we started doing these hauntings, it wasn't for me to convince him that ghosts are real. And it wasn't for him to try to convince me that they're not. It was basically two sides of the coin coming together and just exploring these because whether you believe or you don't.
3: What's happening? He's he's uh when he gets excited, he blows out his mic. He, he, yes, he makes it. He's got to come back a little bit. Yeah, he's not blowing uh, out his mic when. Oh, he gets trust. Too excited. This is
1: every. This is him all the time. He can't hold back on the blowing up the mic. That's the ADHD portion of him. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Once he gets started, it's impossible to stop him. That's even in person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> but we wouldn't. We wouldn't yeah, have right. him they're any other way. So Go ahead. <laughs> no, we were waiting for you to finish your story.
2: Uh, Why? Why finish the story? It's gonna cut me off the moment I finish it.
3: God, well, every he, time I get excited, I'm cut. Done.
2: Yeah, he's a tease. Yeah. He's a tease. I, it, <laughs> so
3: okay, Roger, this is the
1: worst episode I've ever done because I'm paranormal. horrible. I'm horrible. I want
3: to hear Rogers paranormal. Experience.
1: I've had them my whole life. Like literally my whole life. I, I believe I get it from my mom's side because um, my mom has ex- had experience. My aunts had experiences. My grandmother before she passed has probably had some.
3: Sensitive, like all sensitive.
1: Yeah, we have different ways. Um, my mom has more of like a premonition kind of thing. Um, me and her share a share a dream. When somebody dies, we lose our teeth the night of before they die. Um, yeah, is extremely horrible um but i've had it ever since i was little and i never knew what it was um so when i was little my parents divorced so i didn't live with my mom for a while i didn't know she had these dreams too and one day when i finally start living with her she actually tells me about she like she woke up you know weirded out one day and i was like what happened she's like i just had this bad dream and i was like oh me too and i was like my teeth fell out and it's weird and she like looked at me like your teeth fell out? And I was like, yeah. And she like, I had the exact same dream. And it was like one of her friends or something like that. Like somebody she knew that she had worked with close or something like that had passed away um, without us knowing. And <laughs> so that was one thing. Um, I see shadow people a lot. Um, I hear my name called by uh, mimics, people who mimic voices that I know. So like my mom, um, the kids. You
3: yeah. audibly
1: hear them. Yeah. And it would be just like that's why I don't I'm not afraid to stay by myself but I usually like always have something by my side just in case. <laughs> Bro, uh, I wouldn't be alone. You're going to do if pop a go, that, pop a cap and I go goes...
3: If it was that constant I wouldn't be alone because like I, I I get it every now and then where like someone says my name and I'm like fucking stop. Like I, yeah. I hate
1: that. The worst is when I'm like when I lived in Knoxville um and we would go to like uh stuff on weekend we park in the parking garage i'd hear my name at late at night just walking through a dark parking lot or parking garage and just hear my name and not even like loud it'd be whispered like somebody like right there next to me and i'm just like well i guess i'm gonna die so I'd just keep walking you know it's either my time oh, or it's not
3: fine i'm used to that yeah so <laughs> um
1: no. Up. uh no shadow people i see them a lot or shadow figures whatever people want to call them um i mean they've never done anything to me so i'm not really afraid of them um um i've learned it's weird um when i was little i learned to uh surpass sleep paralysis so i don't get sleep paralysis so uh when i wake up in the middle of night um in my like my arms won't move but i'm able to move my fingers and my toes very easily so i'm able to grab stuff and that's how i can like sustain myself um and i don't have like the sleep demons or anything like that but i constantly see like the shadow figures when they're moving oh like through me pretty much um my aunt's house when we were little was supremely. No, not every day. Um, I haven't had sleep. I actually haven't had it that. Probably, probably in two years now. Probably two or three years, close to now. Um, but yeah, when I was little, my aunt's house was supremely haunted. Um, like the the thing that always sticks by me. I was like nine. Um, I was so she has a house that's two rooms with a base, like two floors with a basement. The basement. I went in one time. That's all I ever had to do. Can't go back in there ever again. Um, so they had, it was two rooms upstairs, two rooms downstairs. I'm in the one closest to the bathroom. So people would go by and I'd hear them all the time at night. Well, there's one time like, I just wake up in a fog and I hear something. And it sounds like somebody's coming down the stairs Was actually like a ball bouncing down the stairs. And it's like two or three in the morning. I'm like, okay, somebody may have kicked it when they were going to the bathroom, you know, whatever. Well, then I'm just sitting there and I just feel like really weird, a cold chill and everything. So I'm just like sitting there and my back's away from the door. So it's like if I'm awake, somebody can't see me being awake. Um, and then I just hear the ball bouncing up the stairs, and then it just goes into a room. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm not sleeping here anymore. Um, there would always like we would take pictures and there would be like black smoke or white orbs all around all the time, no matter what.
3: Where was this in Knoxville?
1: Um, this one was actually when my aunt was living in Inglewood. I don't even know if the house still stands there or not. I don't even know what happened to that house. Um, it got to the point. It, well, it got to the point where my aunt literally had a uh, exorcism on the house. She had somebody actually come through um, rosaries and like oil and everything for a day. Like they were to stay there. Like she sold the house like a week after. Like it was. You could feel how bad the energy was in there. Like it was horrible. Like uh, me and my cousins would always stay outside. We would never want to go inside.
3: I I lived in one house like I've only ever lived in one house like that, dude, and it was horrible. The the woods in Brandywine, Maryland, and you're like, it was,
1: ugh. yeah, that's why I don't want to. I don't want a house that's in the like too far in the country or anything like that because I'm always afraid of like something being really bad there. Um. I'm trying to think of what else. right
3: around the corner where John Wilkes Booth plotted the assassination of Abraham Lincoln at the Mud House. Oh, Actually, wow. This is where... This is where oh, was, shit. <laughs> There's a lot of bad energy in that, in that spot anyways. I There's also the rapper, R&B artist Genuine. He was one of our neighbors. I mean, so, I mean...
1: That's cool. <laughs> a, Interesting. But that,
3: but that was the only cool thing about Notting
1: No, like, I, I feel like... I don't know. I, like... I'm very sensitive to the stuff and like I, I can hear like I say I hear the stuff I see a lot of this shadow figure or anything like I want to go I really do want to go on like actual paranormal I guess searches or hunts whatever they call them nowadays yeah. yes. um like there's a few places I don't go I won't go um I was telling Chip about this because we got Discovery Plus and I've been watching Ghost Adventures religiously again uh but like get
3: back on it dude
1: like, I, I forgot, I don't even know how far they have gone, but they're still like pumping out episodes even to this day. Yeah. Like, the last, and they
3: got Nick back too, I think.
1: Yeah. Like, the last episode I saw, they actually did the comedy house. Uh, the, they got yeah, the a laugh house in LA. Um, and like, that place is apparently extremely haunted because it was owned by the mob. Comedy store or the laugh factory? Comedy store. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, we store? talked about yes. that oh, on our uh, oh Awnings of I'm California working... episode. Yeah. I'm yeah.
3: working with two people from the comedy store in the next two months.
1: oh oh, that is awesome (laughs) but uh yeah like i'm just like i can when i go places i can feel like like you could tell like when i go somewhere like i don't want to be there it's because is there something bad like either about to happen or stuff like that i don't like it's always been one of those things um i don't like i've been super sensitive i think my grandmother on my dad's side was also sensitive to it but she was like um like she sort of looked native from like My family's from Columbia, so she looked like one of the natives from there. She had, like, the long hair, the skin, and everything like that. And she, like, practiced religion, like, a lot. And, like, she had, like, the cross, and she would do, like, the chants and everything like that. So I think she was really into it because she would always talk about, like, bless us every single day, no matter what. So I don't know, like, if it's just to protect us from something bad or whatever. But she did that a lot more than, like, you'd expect somebody religious to do. Um, But, like, my family just... It has stuff happen like my cousin when his grandfather um died he had his grandfather met him in his dreams that night before he passed it's just like our whole family sensitive to it, I've
3: it. i had my best friend meet me in a dream once and it fucked me up but no that's how i got into stand-up because i wouldn't use my own name
1: mm-hmm.
3: and i was like because i didn't want to do it especially in my hometown. So I was like, I don't know what name to use. And I was like, I want to use a variation of his name. Very close. It was, his name's is Deshaun Foster. My, I, was, I went as Sean Foster to start. And I was like, I don't know if I should ever do this. And he came to me in a dream. And, just, and, and what he always wore, his white shirt and his blue jeans, he looked at me. He nodded, like, say, yep, you're good, and left. And walked away back through the fight, like, through the free... There was a red fiery frequency that was there and it's a frequency that i think that exists anyways especially when you talk about like the quantum physics when we were talking about paranormal activity um and, and you see him i saw him pass through that frequency and i is like you know weird.
1: also <laughs> it,
0: it's
3: it, i think there's a tie the ad ADD, adhd i think that there is a um and I, i've never researched this but i think that there's something about us where we can shut like this certain things off so if I can't focus like if I don't want to be bothered by this mental sensitivity I can shut that shit off and never but if I want to be sensitive to this shit I can receive it very easily and it's very weird how that works
2: it, it is very weird how that works Um, you know I've been on both sides of it where it's like fuck it I don't want to have anything to do with it and I'll just walk away I'm done with it but then if I get intrigued I want to focus in on it that's all I'm focused on, you know, it, it's no different. I guess that's why I was so good at video games because I could focus on that. And that was, <laughs> I think my ADHD was the reason I beat Tony Hawk pro skater too. Uh, so,
0: you know,
2: <laughs> you know that where I stayed up until five o'clock in the morning playing Mario party or Mario 64 or something like that. So <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, what interest do you have? Of course, we, we, we talked about paranormal. We talked about stuff, but just, aside from the podcast and aside from all those stuff what's what, what are some of the most what are some interesting things that you like to do away from the podcasting world
3: um yeah i mean it's comedy uh, stand-up uh hockey
1: yes hockey. oh okay, okay.
3: Hockey, eh? i'm actually uh the the set that i'm doing for the uh, with this guy lou deck he he, he started the. Uh, Forty years ago, he started the, the the comedy channel at the comedy store, and uh, we have a show together on the twenty seventh of this month. And I'm doing awesome. this whole hockey bit that I've only done like once or twice ever, and um, uh, it's just I, I'm excited to bring it out. So I got all my jerseys and shit. It's a Laird so it's a Laird joke where I'm taking jerseys and shirts off while I'm telling the jokes. It's like, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's fun! dude. I can't wait. Who's your
2: who's your who's your favorite hockey team?
3: i capitals I, i'm here in washington i'm here in, in virginia so uh that's that's my team um that's when cool. i was playing um when i got out when i was retired from the military i got onto the usa warriors um which is a team for um disabled uh service members and whatnot and um it was a weird experience because um you know, it very quickly got moved up to a, a captain, and then we got uh, the opportunity to start playing with the the Chicago Blackhawks. Like, dude, like wow, you know, that's kinda, crazy! It, it, well, once a once a year, twice a year, like we'd go. It we had this weird relationship where they like they eventually bought all of our equipment, and then. We'd go to the we'd they'd fly us and we'd fly out to Chicago we'd we'd skate with them before all the pond hockey games, the outdoor games, and then like you know we, it was a weird life to live, like even like even <laughs> on one of the trips we got locked in we got snowed in in Chicago, and the we got snowed in with the WWE guys so, uh, you know all of a sudden you're literally just sitting at the bar, with every fucking buddy everybody and you're like what is life right now what like 17 year old me came twice and just standing there i was like what what is this um like um who was it the the great khali uh yeah great khali yeah when i stood i'll never i'll never forget that's the one person i'll never forget standing next to where i'm like who the fuck is this guy you are enormous it, like when I was a kid, when I, was a child, I used to uh, ball boy for a college basketball team. So I was used to being around like big people, like like six, seven foot people. But I saw a colleague and I was like, holy shit, dude. Like his pants, his, like when he's sitting down, his pants are up to here, be like almost to his knees because they don't make them that goddamn big. Like it's, just, it's insane. <laughs> Holy uh, shit. Man, it's just a it's weird life life has just been weird in, in general
1: i got Where a quick question um who's your favorite new metal band
3: new metal oh my oh god <laughs> here
2: we go <laughs> oh. hold on let me get another non-alcoholic beverage because i can't drink for another week asshole hang on <laughs>
3: <now>. <laughs> so oh, i really love parkway drive um, Bring Me to the, the Horizon
1: Old Bring Me to Horizon Or New Bring Me to Horizon
3: Old Old Never Yeah yeah, yeah For Stevie Wonder's <laughs> eyes
2: only Bring Me
3: to Horizon <laughs> Bro uh, I mean Until uh, Austrian Death Machine Do you remember You guys remember, oh, yeah. the Austrian Death Machine <laughs> There was a whole band crew About fucking Arnold
0: <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: I mean, you're talking, like, new metal, like, are you talking about, like, 3D? No,
2: no, 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 anything, anything from, like, 1994 Corn to 2004 Linkin Park, I guess, would be the
3: best. All right, dude, I gotta say my favorite is Slipknot. Um, Corey Taylor, his voice is my favorite voice of all time. (laughs) Oh, man, um embarrassingly in my my time playing music i I spent a lot of time as a musician um and vocally i found myself mimicking cory taylor so badly to where i was like i got i'm fucking i'm like i'm done i I was already (laughs) done with me i was I, i hated the scene i hated where it was going i hated the life i was not having fun with it anymore So I was like, you know what, dude? I'm cash. I have this bad imposter syndrome. I'm cashing all my checks in. I'm going to go right for myself and I'm going to be immediate.
2: Yeah. uh, All right. All uh, right. Well, fuck it. I'm going to do a word association. I'm going to throw out a new metal band and you just tell me what you think of the new metal band, okay?
0: Corn. (laughs)
3: No. <laughs> old
0: old no uh
3: like i love corn and i see that they, they even they're getting head back like,
2: no, he's already back he's like, been back for a couple albums now yeah
3: he yeah been back for a couple albums see that's how fun old old i don't i can't i know nothing about corn <laughs> anymore i saw something on tiktok the other day head came back uh, awesome what
2: about know. all right i'll give you one that's a little bit okay what about limp biscuit
3: Limp Biscuit, that one takes me back to being 16 years old when they were on tour looking for a new guitarist when Wes Borland quit, <laughs> and they came to Buffalo and they said people from Buffalo fucking suck at guitar, <laughs> and then they left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fred Durst is such a you dick. Guys are fucking terrible.
0: Okay, okay, but then You're my
3: like, Limp Biscuit said so we got roasted by Limp Biscuit. <laughs> That's how bad. But then my we question
0: are. becomes: Was he wrong?
3: No, absolutely <laughs> right. Because fucking, like, what's come out of Buffalo uh, really, like, besides Google Goo Dolls, that was before that. I mean, uh, Stem and they do the UFC intro. They're from yeah. Niagara Falls. They're not from Buffalo. Yeah, they did, yeah. But, and those guys are fucking, I fucking love those guys. I've had some crazy fucking times with those guys. They, because they do shows everywhere, all over Buffalo. Cause they stay, they're like, no, like, well, I mean, first of all, they're like, we're not selling out, but like, who the fuck are you gonna sell out to? Cause you're you're okay, but like, your your style's old, so it's just not, it's not gonna, nobody's gonna buy your shit. You're not marketable, so um, they 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 realized it and they just kept that humble nature about them and they just. Nah. Everyone, they
2: party with
0: everyone. It's good,
3: dude. very
2: first yeah well the very first time i heard the band stem uh wasn't even on the ufc i mean i know a lot of people have think of stem they think of the song uh uh face uh face, face the pain, pain. Yeah. yeah um mm-hmm. first time i actually heard the first time i actually ever heard them um it was on a website called suicideclothing.com and they had the song till I, the- I die and that was and that song was displayed and I was like, yeah. who the fuck are these guys, you know? And then I had somebody – yeah. and then I had somebody tell me, oh, it's Camara mixed with Scooter Ward for, from Cold. I'm like, no the fuck it is. Shut up. You know, like, they don't even sound the same, you know? Yeah, I know. No. So, that's, so that's the same thing I said. Um, all right.
3: No, Lewis, Lewis uh, we're, he's, he went all through – the lead singer went all through the band. Right. Different positions. All
2: right, I got, I got one for you. Um, Flaw. Do you remember the band Flaw?
3: Yeah. I have amazing memories. Flaw was one, Flaw is heavy on my Iraq soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So whenever I hear um I, I mean if, if, if the crow um uh what songs uh, my the, my letter uh uh what whole uh, whole yeah. You hear that you hear whole and and you just hear the pain like the, you hear the pain of suicide through the song whole. Yeah, like every, I have my fucking hair standing on the back of my neck. Right yeah. now, dude. Like, when I hear that song, my, my, like, I literally, I'm like, oh, like, when I, I yeah. started realizing I could direct when I started listening to Flaw because their methodical timing mixed with the work that we were doing in overseas, I was like, it just, it, it, it was, it was art when we went yeah. together. Um, Especially if you're not paying, like if you're a shitbag and you you kept an earbud in and you listen to music while you're on mission, like uh, like everybody, like people would do, and you hear these songs while you're doing something intense and they, they stick with you. So flaw, flaw sits in my spine.
2: Yeah, I, I, when I first heard heard the song, uh, um, only the strong survive. That was the first time I ever heard flaw, and that was later. And it wasn't until uh they did the song they did the song whole um but then they did another song that was beforehand um can't think of the name of it right now it's the video they were where they were in the forest back when chris had the blonde yeah, hair um, instead of the it head. Oh, 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 uh. it's gonna stick with my crawl until i figure out what it is hold on i gotta i don't know why i didn't think of it i got my trusty handy dandy smartphone here i could just look it up real quick
3: um that's where they're painted, they're all fucking painted and screaming while the chicks running through the woods.
2: Yes, uh, that's the cool. one.
1: That's,
2: uh, Matter of fact, hold on, I think I got it here. Uh, Payback,
3: Payback,
2: no. yeah, that's what it was. Payback, yeah, that was that was the one, uh, that I had heard. Uh, oh my actually, god, my one? favorite, yeah, actually, my favorite song by them. Oh, god. They only really had like four songs that I cared for honestly. Um you know, like I was not the like like Poem. I think Poem was the one that I think all of us remember. Um and then there was uh the latest song that they had was Everything I Said Was True. Was 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 that one, but then they also had Mine and then Mine, that's
3: poem. what it was. Yeah.
2: yeah, Mine was another one. Mine was just like it sounds he, he it sounds like he's bored singing instead of depressed singing like like it sounds
3: like he's just bored singing it I don't know I just think he's but. not that good like his voice is so easy to like everything him, like...
0: is
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> yep I had this dude Jeff um he used to so this band, I I used to fuck around with this band here um in 2011 called Tapered Mind. Jeff used to go on tour with Taproot, and he, he uh, the second he, went, he, he used to have the left-handed dime bag Daryl guitar, the second he left, it was, like, oh, stay the oh away. wow, like, Taproot's not that good, and you weren't that great to begin with, so go on tour, get the fuck out of here, you're good.
2: <laughs> All right, I got another one for you, this one's gonna cause some controversy. Oh, between, Lord. Between, between my co-host, System of a
1: Down. Hmm gold can you say that again
3: gold they're amazing
1: oh one more time please one more time
3: all right Fucking love. all right <laughs> where do we where do we start toxicity the album or do we go even before that i mean oh, start yeah.
2: with start with the self-titled album
3: all right Got spiders we have spiders right there. <laughs> that doesn't make your skin crawl when you hear spiders. Just the the, the fuck is how simple. Now, Darren, Terrible, a garbage fucking guitarist. Um, I, I think for what he is, and and this is I remember hearing Darren talk about interviews a lot, and he's like, you know, sorry, learning how to play guitar. It was I, I would play songs and then when it came to the lead I would make up my own and I was like well shit I used to do that too because I, I didn't know how to play the fucking lead I wasn't that good I was fucking terrible I know what you're doing I know what it is bullshitting so he, he, I, I think he, he's got a good time signature and he's got skill but when it really comes down to it he's just mm.
2: he's no Marty Friedman if that's what you if that's what you mean <laughs> or downbag or anybody any of the other great guitar players.
3: Tom Morello? I'm fine. I'm Tom so Morello, fine. I'm yeah. Tom Morello so bad.
1: Like, just – that dude is a genius. <laughs> you yeah. seem a little upset there, Chip. What's going on? I'm not upset.
0: <laughs> I just think that uh, System of Down is terrible. It's my personal opinion. You, you can have your own opinion. It might be wrong, but you can
1: have your own opinion. Uh, I think mine's right. Like
3: one thing – <laughs> one thing i appreciate about them um especially if you listen to the song prison um like th- they break it down for our generation exactly statistically hey fuckers we are a, a, a nation built on prison complexes that that holds over 25 percent of the world population of prisoners like there's a fucking issue here and people are making money off of you being a prisoner have, have you guys ever visited someone in jail yes. before yeah I and never you guys, have. You ever sent them? You ever gave them money? No, no. A whole. I have. I've. i, I, I my, my brother has been in jail. Uh, he's a. I, we don't talk. He's a, kind of his garbage bag in my eyes. I we. I, I just don't have a lot of nice things to. Say I understand. About. My
0: father's the same way. Yeah.
3: Well. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's do So. He had guilted me into giving him money, and to send him even forty bucks cost me over eighty dollars. Yep. You know, the the, the inflate the, the the price of inflation in prison systems are just atrocious, and it's robbery. Um, um, and that's one of those things that I really appreciate. System of a Down Four was was really pinpointing those flaws in our political system, in the scientific system, we, we, the religious. They questioned everybody, and they didn't do it on the nose the way Eminem did it. Or the way Marilyn Manson did it, I love the way that they did it. Like, uh, um, it—I it, 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 think it lacked a lot of skill, <laughs> but it had the marketability, and that's why I, I love System. They had they fought. just a bunch of Armenian dudes that met in the studio, and just sort of like, "Hey, uh, you play in a band? I play in a band. Like, well, let's get together and make some music." it, yeah. worked. it fucking worked, man.
2: One of my, yeah, one of my favorite so- one of my favorite songs on the Toxicity album is the song Science and yeah. you think the song it's, it's gonna be about it's gonna be about science but no science like
1: has our science
2: has, yeah science has failed our, our world since science has our mother earth.
1: through me Spirit flow through me
2: yeah but i mean it, i'm not gonna go that stop, far stop roger it. we don't have if the money to pay the rights it, for that i'll pay for it yeah man,
3: that, there's a line that comes i, I hope you got
2: some like good money <laughs> easily,
3: because when you talk go ahead i'm sorry especially in the scientific world um it's fucked a ton, but at the same time, it, it's it, a lot of it comes from the result of should we have done that? Rather than is science good or bad, it's should we have done that specifically. Yeah. Right. Especially when you're talking about, like, dropping an atom bomb. <laughs> That's where, that was the last resort. The, uh, Roosevelt, they all felt like they had nothing out there. Like, we're done fighting this shit. Just let them know we mean fucking business. I'm done that's where science fucked us, and now now we'll look at who's now north korea's parading them around now you got north korea if they fired one they'd be like oh fuck now we're even way more bankrupt and fuck so obviously they're they're bullshit anyways um yeah they are <laughs> yeah man that song is I, it i i cannot thank system enough for opening our generation's eyes to the to the hypocrisies and the issues in the world
2: all right. Well, that being said, I got one more band that I'm going to throw out at you. And they, you could consider this band new metal, but they are more modern in today's world. And they're a band that very, that are very, 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 very big supporters of the troops and of the military. And that's Five Figure Death Punch. Five finger death how punch? do you feel? How do you feel about them?
3: I've met Ivan. I think he's, he's a nice guy. Um, uh, I was really into them, 2010 and 11, loved their music, uh, I fell off of them around, right after Wrong Side of Heaven, um, which I, 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 that song's a masterpiece, um, what's the other one, um, Far From Home, yeah, There's Far a, From Home, that, yeah.
2: but that I think I think fun. Far From Home was on War's The Answer, I think,
3: yeah. It was. It yeah. was. Yeah. It was, that was. Fuck. That was a huge. Al- I think that was their biggest album. Anyways, um, I and mean, that just.
2: Had, I, that, I'm. I'm partial to American Capitalist. My, mean, my opinion. I think American Capitalist is their is their best album.
3: But, I mean, that's fair. I, 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 could, I could see that. I, I don't. I, I, fell off of them, only because I was, or I guess bored. I, I didn't really. Um, right. I don't know. I, I, it, like, Avenged Sevenfold. Avenged Sevenfold, I was diehard. Avenged Sevenfold. Like, in the while I don't listen to them anymore, but I still have this weird loyalty to them, but Five Figure Death Punch, I'm like, oh, yeah, I used to listen to It's like, yeah, I went through a Nickelback phase. Yeah, I went through a whole phase <laughs> back in my back. But, like, you know what I'm Nickelback saying? Nickelback has a Diamond
0: a, route, uh, album, Roger, at your face. Doesn't matter. To Trash. You can't be trash if you have a diamond album. You
1: can't be trash if you have a diamond album. We debate this a lot. <laughs> we, we, when
2: we, when we do our, uh, when we do our rock retrospective of Nickelback, they'll be arguing the whole damn time.
1: It so will gonna, never happen.
2: Oh, it's gonna happen! <laughs> I'm gonna make, make it, make it, it
3: happen. Back. Nickelback what? changed my life.
1: Let's hear the story.
3: Nickelback changed my life, guys.
1: Did it make you changed not be a, a Chad? $7?
3: Check this out. No, watch. It. Listen. Here's what's happening. I was on Spotify. No, Pandora. It was 2015. I just got done living in my car. I was at the very end of it, smoking a bowl one night, and Nickelback comes on the radio. I didn't know it was them at first. The song, and this is the first time I'm ever telling anybody this story, um, because it's fucked up. But it's it, okay. So this. Is, the song a million miles mm-hmm. an hour came on. Yeah. And I was like, I was baked and I was like, Oh shit, this is fun. This is fun. And I was like, Oh shit. I was like, wait, you could write a movie around all of this. And then I started writing this movie about this song, a million miles an hour from Nickelback fast forward a year, year and a half. Um, you know, I'm into writing, into doing standup. Um, I decided I was like, you know what? I'm going to write this fucking movie. But I'm going to go to school so I can learn how to do it right. And because of Nickelback and wanting to write this movie, I went to school and got a college degree. So, Nickelback, I owe him something for that. I didn't follow I was like, man, fuck that. After two months, I was like, that movie's fucking stupid. <laughs> I got better ideas now. But if like, <laughs> fucking- I they were the catalyst they're the one it, it, the, the point I was sitting around broke and I was like I got to do something and I was like I got to go back to school or something and I was like and I was smoking a joint and that song came on again <laughs> and I was like you know what this is what we're going to do and ever since I've been I've been, this is what I do now this is this is what it's brought me and I'm happier than ever That's ever awesome
2: dude that's awesome
1: Yeah
3: yeah man you you
2: you, you said you said the you said it was the catalyst I know I said one more band, but fuck it. I got another one out there, Lincoln Park.
3: Uh, I, I mean, come on. Uh, wow. They came out when I was in 2000, man. I was working at Burger King. And they, <laughs> fuck it. Crawling. You heard crawling. And you're like, what is this? And then people are like, no, check out this album, Hybrid Theory. And everyone's listening to it. You see everyone on break. They're like, well, you're like what are you listening to? They're like Lincoln Park. What do you listen to? Lincoln Park. Like, dude, what the fuck is that? You listen to it and you're like, "What the fuck did they do to music?" And then they're in. My, I put them in my yearbook with. Let me go back. It's my favorite band. Good <laughs> <laughs> 2000. So. <laughs> I felt man. I loved it. I love. I loved Lincoln Park. Meteora, that album. I didn't like anything. I hated the reanimations. They're fucking terrible. I I no interest. But the first two albums, *Meteora* and uh, *Hybrid Theory*, those are also in my DNA. Nothing else.
1: Uh, *A Thousand Suns* is good.
0: <clears throat> yeah, their uh, their last album holds a, a special spot for me. Uh, and uh, Talon and I have talked about this numerous times. Um, but it, it, if you listen to their their very last album, it's literally um, Chester's suicide note
3: what
0: oh yeah what yeah
3: all right i'm back in on this which one
1: is that one uh one more light one more light that's the one yes. right after what was the one right before that was it god no was it wasn't god the king of no
0: the the, 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 no, uh, the um uh, the right hunting before party. that was the uh, hunting party. yeah the hunting party. the hunting
1: party yeah yeah
0: and then um see, an album? It, it's called one more light
2: one that's more light, the name you know. of the album. Yeah, okay, it's the there, it's, it. it's the only right, it's I'm... the only Linkin Park album that's classified as a pop record and not a rock record. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. actual okay. pop. Yeah, um, the, one, the Willie the one song that they that was main that was like a single or whatever that they had was well one more light obviously, but the song that really sold the album was a song called Heavy, and that song you listen to it and you literally feel emotion in this song and it's almost as if cuz you know the aftermath of what happened you know knowing holy shit why well, couldn't
1: we see it when he was when we when we heard it you know what i mean well look at the titles of the songs nobody can save me good goodbye talking to myself battle symphony invisible heavy sorry for now halfway right one more light and sharp edges yeah, yeah no, uh, when well, he
3: died he that came out in 2017 yes mm-hmm. that's the year he died too yeah okay. yeah uh, he
0: died um let's see one more light came out in may of 2017 died and this
3: month he died correct i remember i, I was doing stand up that night i was it was the night i fucking
0: died. uh weird yeah
3: I, it was the first night i ever killed doing stand up I um think
0: of it. so I, I i recommend that album to a lot of people even even if they're not lincoln park fans because there's a lot of of the lyrics that that can help people like if you actually listen to them, um you know it, it can help you through a lot of shit you know um yeah. you know the, the 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 title track one more light uh the chorus is like um Hold on, I'm gonna look it up because I don't wanna, I don't wanna fuck you over on something that's good.
3: Screw up a verb, we and I'm it, not. We, listening we, to we do
0: it. a I'm lot of on, on the spot list research here. <laughs> on this song.
3: Say, say what? But screw up a verb, and I'm not gonna listen to a single note on this album.
0: That's right, that's right. Uh, no, some people are are like that. They're like, well, you said it was, what's this, and. It wasn't so, fuck yeah, cut you.
3: those people out of your life
0: because they uh, to drag you down, <laughs> right? Mm. Uh, but but the chorus is, uh, if they say, Who cares if one more light goes out in the sky of a million stars? It flickers, flickers. Who cares when someone's time runs out? If a moment is all we have, if a moment is all we are, uh, who cares if one more light goes out? Well, I do, you know, and um, it, tell them to tell you, I like I reach out to a lot of people. Um, there's a real good friend of ours. Uh, his name's Chris, and I won't say his last name because I don't know if he wants his business out there, but he's um, he deals with a lot of depression and stuff. And um, so I, I I try to reach out to him about once a week or so. You know, hey man, how are you doing? And stuff like that. You know, just to let him know that somebody actually cares about him because he will post a lot of stuff on uh, Facebook and social media, uh, about, you know, if today was his last day. Nobody would care. And, um, uh,
3: so ooh, yeah. Be, even when you're positive, does he still?
0: No, 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 no. Like, so when, when, you know, when I reach out to him, he's like, Hey man, you know I mean? I appreciate you checking on me. Uh, you know, I'm doing better and everything like he's very receptive of it. Okay. Um, So, uh, you know, and, um, you know, late last year, one of our good friends drew passed away unexpectedly, uh, just, just out of the blue. Like I had talked to him like two days prior, I got a phone call on a Friday morning. It was like, Hey, um, drew drew died last night. And I was like, like bullshit. No, don't be fucking with me. You know, like I just talked to him. And they're like, no, he, you know, got up to uh, go yeah. to the bathroom, fell out, and they couldn't resuscitate him, and he was done. Um, and that was aside from my when my mother passed. That was probably the hardest I took anyone passing. Um, and I think it was more like I, I understand everybody has a their time. And when their numbers called, it's time to go. Like I understand that. But I think what like fucked with me the most is so he passed on a Friday. On Monday afternoon, I got a phone call that says, Hey, um, we need you to come dig Drew's grave. Yeah. And so we literally had to go and hand dig his grave because the the cemetery where he uh was buried didn't allow heavy machinery in it was a very private cemetery and you have to hand dig the graves there so there was uh tell him, what was it about 10 or 15 of us 15 maybe 15 of us yeah it was 15 uh, of us. And, and we're you know un- until it was probably 11 o'clock at night hand it digging af- it
2: was after midnight um, it was after midnight
0: was it? Uh, yeah, it was after. But yeah, hand digging a grave. So I uh, and then you know we had the funeral, um, and we we lowered his casket. And then we had to put the dirt on him and actually bury him. So um, you know, like I say, uh, aside from when my mother passed, that was probably the hardest death that I've had to deal with. And I think it was more because of everything that kind of was wrapped in the with it. That goes with it. Yes. Yes. The, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, there's a weird.
3: There's there's an impersonal level it seems like we've gotten to, especially with passing, um, because we do hand the responsibility off now to the funeral homes and to the uh, to the crematoriums, and it, it's very much like you take care of this. Let me know when it's finished now. To where like you go to Alaska, and there's places where that's all they do. That's where that's where they they hand bury. They. I've, I've rewind our clocks 150 years, and most homes had parlors in them, uh, specifically designed with part with coffin doors that you could bring a body in, because death was so common. You know, you put it on that that grand piano, the box grand, put a coffin up there, hold your ceremony, get the out and in your house because it was so common. There's a there's a weird um, intimacy, and it's 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 sad and both beautiful when you have to arrange anything for anybody close to you passing um and it's always sad at the beginning but um the the people that you were able to kind of do that that with did you guys find yourselves closer at all or like bo- like bonding through that experience because that that is that's not you're, you're not going out there to work you're you're out there with a real purpose
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I, I did find myself, you know, and, uh, you know, like I, I genuinely will check on, like, I have a list that I keep next to my computer of everybody that was there that night. And I genuinely like send them messages and say, Hey man, how are you doing? Uh, and I will send his ex wife a message and say, Hey, you know, how are you doing? You know, is there anything like I can do worry. for you? Uh, they they were they were split up uh, when he passed. They were still they were still married, but they were amicably split.
3: Yeah, um, dude. The fact that you kept that list first of all meant that I think you understood the whole importance of it long, like before probably most people ever did. Did anybody else keep a list? Do you know,
0: I don't know um, personally. I've not even that it's yeah it's it's not even a question that I've asked um like Talon will tell you I'm the type of person that uh, I, I'm 100% a giver uh, mentally physically emotionally um I'm the I'm the guy who does all the favors for people and I he, he has a very
2: mob-like mentality. Mob I mentality. Mean, you know,
3: covers, but don't ask for him.
0: I, I, don't ask for him. Yeah. It, it pains me when I 100% have to ask for help. Um, and I think it was kind of my upbringing maybe um, because – so I, I told you earlier, like, my dad, we're not on talking terms. Um, if he was on yeah. fire – if he was on fire next to me, I'd piss the other way, 100%. Like, it's that bad, um, you know. Uh, so, and I think it was because at a young age, I had to learn how to fend for myself um, and everything. Uh, you know, so I, at 15, I was working a full-time job, going to school full-time paying you know 100 percent of the bills full-time just to help my mom out and everything so i'm very much that you know i do all the favors and i it, it's hard for me to accept when somebody tries to do something for me because i'm like no 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 man i got this you know it's i don't know
3: yeah
2: he's even like that with the podcast i'll be like hey well what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? And he's like, I got it. I'm like, bro, you can't do everything. I'm. This is half mine. Let me do. Let me help you. You know, now it's three quarters of mine because now Roger's involved now. So, it, <laughs> you it, mean? There's you nothing, mean, nothing uh, wrong uh, with delegating.
1: No, no, you heard him. You heard him. Three quarters. <laughs> there's
2: nothing wrong with. Getting, there's nothing wrong with delegating. <laughs> you heard what he said. But, man, I, I, here, no, I am looking this one uh, thing up uh, while he was talking. Um, um, it was something that was out of the blue for me because I wasn't expecting it. Uh, when we were talking about Drew a minute ago, um, back on the twelve, back on the second of uh, January, um, I had uh, won a championship at RCW, and a lot of people were commenting on it. And the one person that commented was Rebecca Jermaine Daniel, which is his daughter.
0: No, that's his mom.
2: Oh, was Rebecca Rebecca Jermaine. Oh, this is his mom.
0: Rebecca Jermaine Daniel. Yeah. Is yeah. his mom?
2: Yeah, that's his mom. I'm sorry. Uh, and it says, "Way to go!" Um, it says, "Keep pushing forward." I know Drew would have been proud of you. He loved you, and as soon as I read that, like it hit me so hard when it, when that happened. And I just told her back. I just sent her back. I said I miss him so much. Thank you so much. And she just said hugs and emoji of a heart. Um, but yeah, that that hit me because it's like okay, at least because my when I first met Drew, <laughs> like we had a match and I knew it was the shits. You know, because I was, it was like my third match. You know, but he was like, "Don't worry, kid." Pat me on the head. I got you. Don't worry about it. Um, and then we, I think we've wrestled him. I wrestled him like so many times after that. I remember the one match that st- one one match that sticks out to me. Me and Chip actually wrestled him and our buddy Ray. You know, it was LaFall Tennessee. Um, and that was a ma- That was a match that I remember more so from the fact that. Uh, it, it was it was a it was a match that we were supposed to be the good guys, but it ended up getting flipped on us, and we were the bad guys at some point. And I was like, "What the hell happened? What when, when did this when did this turn?" And then Drew was like, "Oh well, you gotta play the role. Come on, <laughs> um, huh?"
3: Was it like the crowd? Like were they like uh, they just turned
2: turn. on us and for whatever reason, like we were trying to be the good, you know, white meat baby face, yay, let's go, people. And then after about two minutes when it we wasn't working, I was like, you know what, fuck this, <laughs> you know. And and and, and then he's like, I'll take you don't give a shit, <laughs> you know. So nah, been man, so many cool so many great stories about him, man. He was he was just a Drew was that guy that he wasn't gonna lie to you and he would be straight up with you. But he wouldn't be a dick about it. He would just tell you straight up, you know, and he was such a mentor, like kind of like how me and Chip and people from our generation had, you know, people that looked up to the younger generation looked to Drew for guidance and we looked to Drew for guidance as well. But for the younger ones, Drew was like, this dude's awesome. You know, like this is the guy where he was almost like the godfather in a sense, you know, he was just, you know, he was the guy that everybody went to for advice or, you know, mentorship you know and there was nobody there's no other person at that time who was worthy of that you know because he's so many people just respected and him, loved him you know um there's not a day goes by that i don't think about him either a funny joke he said or a wrestling story or <laughs> the, the, the funny stories he tell about marty janetti you know because for whatever reason he loved talking telling the story about marty janetti for some reason um him, i think marty janetti and gary Busey having a conversation
3: <laughs> you know what those, those are, these are the moments that, that keep his memory alive when you get to tell those like those, those little quirks that like, he loved to tell this story yeah and then like it, it, another huge thing is like um after the, the, that long road after you know while you're in that in that grieving period is people like the friends still reaching out to let his mother know like hey we're still here we, you know, we haven't forgotten about them, and you know, we all still love you guys, and we still think about you guys. Um, that's been the hardest, one of the weirdest things. Like, I didn't understand that part about grieving until my, my wife lost her, her father. Nothing in the world, anyone could do, could help anything, no matter what. No thoughts, no prayers, no sending positive vibes, energy. There's nothing you can do. What do you, you make a meal for them? And then you say, "Hey, maybe we could take something off your plate, and let's help out somewhere. Um, We got your back if you need anything. Let us know." But like that, but like those people that still reach out even a year later, that are like, "Hey, just letting you know, we're thinking about your dad. We loved him. You know, today would have been a big day. So like, it's those are huge for her. So like, for his mom, I guarantee, like, when you guys reach out and do that for her, those, those probably make her day like like we could never comprehend."
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it's still people, it's been five years since my mom passed and I still get, you know, not as often as before, but, but still, you know, I get those, you know, Hey, how's it going? Uh, how are you doing? Do you need anything kind of deal? You know, Hey, we loved your mom and all that. Yeah.
3: After five years, because they understand the pain doesn't go away.
0: You just find a, it never goes away. You just kind of find a, a way to for lack of a better term you can just kind of find a way to deal with it you know you or find a way code. to live with
3: that new reality
0: yep yeah so um sports fan besides hockey yes no
3: yeah man football yeah. um now i know you guys are, do you all play rugby who plays rugby who, does roger, just me, roger
0: roger plays i love to watch <laughs> but uh i have no idea what um what the rules are but like, I enjoy watching this shit not that out of hard.
3: it Rook has been getting me into it and like I, I promised the whole the group that they're I was like yes I will try rugby when things open up again so now I have to try rugby at least You'll um, love it So what's
1: that? I said you'll love it.
3: Yeah, I mean Roger yeah, just don't I mean, want to do two a days sports, anymore. Basketball.
1: I wish um, I could do two days. <laughs>
3: I don't. I'm lazy. Remember that late? Let's, let's go back to lazy.
1: Yeah. I used to be. Uh, I, I'm one of those guys, the opposite. I ha- I would rather work out all day than not do anything.
0: All right. Yeah, so, yeah. obviously, this episode will come out post Super Bowl, but what, what were your thoughts of the uh, Super Bowl? Do I need Kansas to go get City my and...
3: Brady jersey from downstairs? Good. Oh, okay. Go so,
0: that? th- that's you're that guy. Okay. <laughs> Uh,
3: I rooted for the Chiefs last year. I did, and then this year I wholeheartedly rooted against them because you can't go again. You, all right. First of all, who's going to say it was a Belichick system anymore? You can't say that. It can't say. It you can't say system. that. But it doesn't it, exist anymore. Brady was it was a system. Brady system all along.
0: Yes. Uh, can Can we say that Brady's a better GM than Belichick? Yes.
3: Um. I think he's seen. To be uh, in all fairness, the respect that he got going into the locker room, I, I love to watch a lot more than to see the fear of the people leaving New England saying, I don't want to work for that fucking guy again. Yes. Belichick. Yeah. So, um, it's, been, it's been huge. I think it's like one of those key examples of like Belichick, you hear he's a great dude on the street. Like he's, he does fantastic things. But like in his job, he's a fucking dick. And nobody likes him, and like it's just that's just the case, man. And but like Brady, it's they want to work for him. There's something about when he's on the field with him. He texts Antonio Brown every day. Don't tweet stupid shit today. And guess yep. what? Antonio Brown didn't tweet stupid shit. And then he he caught a, a a TD. He caught a touchdown in the fucking Super Bowl. And he wasn't playing for anyone at the beginning of the year. He was a clown. No. Right. shit the bed and then it's, so it's like oh yeah by the way I'm still here. Rob Gronkowski yep. same thing. He took a year off and the Patriots weren't in the Super Bowl.
0: Right there. Right there. Uh so in our Super Bowl prediction show, I picked Tampa Bay to win. These two jokers picked Kansas City and Kansas City
1: <laughs>
0: and Kansas City couldn't even find the end zone.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And I wanted to be like, listen, do you guys remember the last time that the Chiefs two years ago when when the Chiefs met <laughs> with the Patriots in the AFC for the AFC Championship and got spanked by Brady and everyone's like, damn, Mahomes, we really thought he was the guy, but there's Brady in a different system. Now it was Brady in a different in a new system doing the exact same thing. I had no, I had to go Brady the whole time, guys. Uh, Age over beauty. Age over beauty, and guess what? That age is still beautiful. Oh man, I, uh, am I too gloaty, and gloating too much about
1: that win. No, just, no. yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Us, oh, so the three of us, I ain't give a shit. Let's just
0: say the three of us will talk about this more tomorrow on our Super Bowl recap show. Um, but ha- have either of the three of you heard the, the rumor that he, um, during the, the back and forth between him and Tyron Matthew, Tyron Matthew said he called him some not so nice words that he refused to
1: repeat and then deleted his tweet about that. Yeah. Well you can see know, during I, the game. I don't feel that. You can see during the game, Brady go up to him and talk trash to him.
3: I saw so. the I saw the altercation, but I, I haven't seen any of the social aftermath.
0: Yeah, so uh apparently uh, the 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 rumor is and I, i don't know for sure but tyron matthew put out this tweet that brady said some unkind words to him that he wouldn't repeat called him some names that he refused to repeat then he deleted his tweet and then bleacher report repeat reported later that um like brady shot him a text and was like hey man sorry about everything uh you're a good leader or whatnot and everybody's like see brady said all of that he's a racist and all that and like i i just don't believe that
3: you okay
1: so the thing is like you can't say anything to a person of color nowadays without people immediately thinking it's a race thing
3: it's 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 a the everything is contrived it, it's all just set up now like the way it is. How, Brady Brady could not operate in a system like that and, and be racist. At the same time, it, I don't think it would work. You see what happened when Drew Brees once misspoke about the fabric of, of like a song or, or this. I can't remember what the hell it was, but like the team was like, no, dickhead, it's like this. And then he was like, oh, shit, my bad, it is like this. Like, I think if Brady... We're coming out as a racist. I, I think we hear a lot more about it than Tyron Matthew in the last game of the year, <laughs> and, and it just it's nah. I man. I I I love math. I I think I think Tyron Matthews is amazing as a football player, and his story alone he's a fighter. No no doubt about it. I mean for having oh yeah getting picked out of LSU for, and then overcoming everything he did. He's amazing, but he's ahead. Oh.
0: He, he's a he's a, I think he's a great player, but he's also a known hothead, you know, I mean, so, get that's, why, that's why Arizona wanted it. Wanted to get rid of him.
3: Oh, my God. I, I loved him in Arizona when they had Calais Campbell. Fuck it. who else did they uh White, Freeney, Yeah, Carson Palmer, dude. And wait, who was the backup? Who was the backup? Was it Gabbert? He just got a fucking Super Bowl ring last night, too.
1: Right.
2: But the Blaine oh, geez. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, Brian his... H- Hoyer's got a Super Bowl ring too. I think Brian Hoyer's got a couple of them. Yeah, I think he Matt has more than Ryan, one. Yeah. He, does he have more than one? I think he has more than one. I think he maybe.
1: I don't maybe. know. Yeah. Who was Peyton Manning's backup? Because he's got he followed Peyton all the way to the Broncos. So he got two himself. Uh Did I he don't up know. To the
3: Broncos?
1: His backup went with him, yeah
3: so yeah he did
0: get the ring there <laughs>
1: yeah
3: which he took from Brady guys you can't say he wins them all
1: first of all we know the no, the I'm best.
0: Hoyer Hoyer only has one
1: okay yeah I was going so to say we 53
3: Broncos or was it when he was in Indy
1: oh Brian Hoyer when did he where did he get hit at? It,
3: it was
0: uh, with New England
1: oh yeah oh yeah like,
3: England New England yeah
1: he Brian was a Hoyer? backup there
0: yeah he was
1: dirt string wasn't he
0: Uh, it was Super Bowl 53. So it was when, um, New New England England beat the Rams. Yes,
1: so so he had to be the third string because what didn't already have uh, Stidham? No, uh, they They had Stidham or uh, was it Jimmy G? Oh, it might have been Jimmy G. Actually, you're right. Uh, hold Uh, on, I can tell you.
0: Uh, Jimmy G was already in San Francisco. It was was 2018. uh, so, bop, 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 bop.
1: it has to be Jimmy G because twenty eighteen is when uh, twenty nineteen is when he went to San Fran. Yeah, yeah
0: no, it was just uh, it was Tom Brady and Brian Hoyer were the
1: only two. Let's see who was. Uh, but was Jimmy score? G hurt? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, all right. We're talking too much football. This is not, today's not football day. <laughs> no, oh,
3: no, 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 no. <laughs>
1: This is what we do. Man, we man. we have no actual People keeping
3: you busy. There's you there know, no. What you ever wish for something and get it?
0: Yes. You ever no. wish for yes.
3: something and get it and then you're like shit, now I have to do it. Now I have to do this. Yes. Yeah.
0: What what is that for you? It's something that just came up, more, obviously. More more
3: shows, just more comedy shows. Oh like, yeah, yeah. The, but like they're getting to a point where they're becoming almost And I hate to say it, like, too stressful uh, to a point um, because a lot of it, like, I have to manage, facilitate, and and make sure it all happens. Yeah. But the problem is the people that they want me to do that I'm doing these shows with, they get bigger and bigger every time. So not only do you have to facilitate the show, but your content's got to be good to go with it, too. So it's like you got to. So I ask for something, you get it, and you're like, fuck, now I have to deliver.
0: (laughs) understand
2: yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that it's like that in the wrestling business sometimes too it's like you start off you know good and then it's like all right now you're gonna wrestle this 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 guy who's been places and has done things are you ready for that yeah okay you got two weeks to get ready oh shit okay <laughs> you know the day the day the day comes and uh, you're fixing to go through the curtain and then you're the splits a split second before you have to go through the curtain you're, you think to yourself i gotta take a shit but it, your music's already hitting. You gotta go. You know yeah,
1: you gotta shit yourself. It's fine.
2: Yeah, you know, and then you try not to shit yourself in the ring and you worry, your nerves, you know, you, put your nerves here. are you got you got friends watching, you got people who are in the business who came to see the show watching, you got the world on you and you're like, I don't wanna fuck this up. <laughs> you know what I mean?
3: Paul Hogan with a spastic colon. Oh my god, I'll tell you what, you'd be remembered. They'd remember you'd be like, That's that dude. Hey, that's how you shoot him. We need a guy like him. We need a guy like him get him out here. That
2: shit. I was so nervous to wrestle Billy Gunn. It was crazy. It was a good match, though.
0: It was a good match. Um, anything 45 times, I could have done better for him. Uh, before we get out of here, Drew, anything you want to promote? Got anything coming up? Social media? Laid it all out there for us.
3: Oh, January 27th, we're doing a comedy show with Comedy Store um, legend Lou Deck. And then I believe March 11th, we'll have our podcast with the Warrior Workout Network uh, with Comedy Store legend Ahmed Ahmed. Um, March 13th. Uh, we're d- doing a comedy show with Dobie Maxwell. Uh, he created the Maxwell method of comedy. Um, what else? Uh, the documentary, but I can't talk about that. <laughs>
0: no, all right. Can't talk, that. Okay. can't talk about that. All now. right. We'll, we'll hold that for uh, round two.
3: I'll get links. I'll get links to everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Send, uh,
0: send, send me all your social media links that you want to promote. I'll put them in the uh, show notes. That way, people can come and check you out. Uh, and
1: send them me too, so I can put on the YouTube video.
0: Yes.
3: Cool, oh, man. Hey, thank you, guys.
0: No, thank you. Yeah, thank, uh, you. thank you for joining this us. This was man. fun. Yeah, we Absolutely. really appreciate you Absolutely. joining us.
3: We need to get you guys on ours as well. So after this, Roger, um, we'll set a date to get you on our podcast, and we'll talk about you guys.
1: That that's awesome. I Absolutely. mean, we're pretty much free any anytime we can. Yeah. Do you guys we'll want to make go time, one
3: by, um, one by one, or you want
0: to come in as a group, either or whatever works best for yeah, you, whatever's best for
1: you. Yeah, I mean, those two we, over there will talk over each other all the time, what? so
3: <laughs> let's do it as a series, let's do it as a three. I would like to, I, 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 every each person's That's, story to be honest, man. I want to we're talk good. About <laughs> um,
0: we, we do. Uh, I mean, we've done that for 20 years. Uh, he can't talk I, right
1: now. Fucking <laughs> computer!
3: <laughs> no, I physically can't fucking do it. You can't hear me. I can, but I can't.
1: I'm like he was trying to talk, and I'm looking down, and he's just like. <laughs> I
2: mean, my arms weren't waving back and forth like that, but <laughs> yes, sure. they were. Yes. <laughs>
0: so. um, oh man! But yeah, uh, definitely, Drew. We appreciate you uh, wholeheartedly for joining us getting your story out there um, yeah you know, once again thank you for your service truly uh, means a lot
1: uh, you know so when There's you come that. down here next it's time we honor. need to get together yeah what's that when you come down here next time we need to get together and probably go some ghost hunting or something hey hell yeah <laughs>
3: my heart has been pulling me to Tennessee I can't wait to go to old Chicago I haven't had old Chicago in like it's in Tennessee I, I don't have any here I gotta go to Tennessee <laughs>
1: Man. Yeah. So, hey, thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us, man. We oh, really thank appreciate you. it. Yes. All okay. right. Hold on.
0: Well. The, all right. Let's do the outro. With that being said, please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check out the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe
2: and hit that bell to get notified of our latest videos. Check out the Patreon page and check us out on movementradio.us.
0: I am your host, Chip Hazard. I am your host, Alan Williams. I'm Roger Sierra. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.